Hey, what it do with the business is? It is another week in the books with the On Deck TV podcast. I am Spike Lou. Man, holler at your boy Animal Brown, Animal underscore Brown, if you're looking for me on socials. I am Spike Lou on them same social sites. Holler at your boy, boy. Springs around the corner in the A, COVID going back inside. Got big plans for the new reopening. Which means people are going back outside. Uh, listen. The world's opening back up. Not Ukraine. <laughs> Not Ukraine at all. Not Ukraine. Not Everywhere Ukraine. else. <laughs> Ukraine is definitely closed. 100%. Man. So, yeah, that's one place I won't be going. Um, but I'm going to start moving around this spring, though, man. I got to get out. Nigga ain't sat on a plane in a minute. And let me tell you one place that I was never going to anyway. And that was the Ukraine. <laughs> Ever in life. It was not a destination. <laughs> man, never in my wildest dreams would I imagine going to the Ukraine. But, man, crazy what's going on. I, I, anxious to see how it plays out and a lot of coverage on it. 100%, man. Um, hey, we got an action-packed episode today. Um, Meek is getting called out by his Dream Chaser committee. Um, Dame Dash is making paid in full, too. We'll talk about how we feel about that. And we're reviewing the debut album from Conway. The shady debut. We can say the Shady debut. Here we go. Here we go. The Shady Records debut from Conway, God Don't Make Mistakes. Uh, but first, and before we get to our topic... <clears throat> Uh, rest in peace of Snooty Wild, former uh, CMG artist, um, known for his biggest hit, Yayo. He was shot and killed in Houston last Friday. Um, he was only 36 years old. Not much uh, was known. Well, not much is known right now. Apparently, they're still looking for the shooters out on the lamb. But uh, it's just sad to hear that because you really, a lot of people didn't know what happened to him after he was messing with Gotti. And so it's, it kind of sucks that when you hear them and it, it's this news right here. So uh, rest in peace to Snooty Wild. Uh, LaPreston Porter is the governor. Yeah, RIP to him. Condolences to his family, man. Sad story. Uh, like you said, that stuff happened with God. And he just kind of fell off. But sad story to see. Yeah, man. You hate to see it, man. Um, let's get to our first topic. Uh, unfortunately, kind of related to death. Rick Ross recently said, Nipsey Hussle and Young Dolph's deaths um, were more impactful or just as impactful as Biggie's and Pac's back in the day. Uh, my question is simple. Is that fact or fiction? Key word he said in there. You didn't read it. You left it out, I guess. Uh, trying to shit on Ross. Mm -mm. But uh, he said generation for their generation. And when I went and looked this up, I was all prepared to be high and mighty and say how this was the first time that Pac and Biggie that this had happened. Not that that's a uh, anything to celebrate, but this was the the biggest two of the biggest unsolved murders in the history of hip hop. So comparing them didn't seem uh, like it, they didn't seem like they were equivalent. But he put in a keyword, and that was generational for this generation. The people that Dolph affected, the people that Nipsey affected that's going to go a long way. And they may not be as familiar with Pac and Big as we were. We grew up in that era, similar to them growing up in that era, kids in Compton on Crenshaw, whatever it may be, that were very close to Nipsey. And Dolph has a range of uh, a cult following behind him as well. So it would be, I think, not giving it enough credence to what those two men did in their generation to say, yeah, you're absolutely right, Rick Ross. 
for this generation I could see because these two, two guys were big stars. Comparison to somebody like Snooty Wild, we've heard of them before, but that's not making Dateline. As right. to, I'm sure, what Nipsey would, uh, like the world news tonight or whatever it may be. So, yeah, I could see the comparison for the different generation. That's a key word that's in that thing, that the classification he said for this generation. Yeah, I, I get it. They're, they're probably the biggest since then. But the, to me, that doesn't mean equivalent, though. Pac mm. and Biggie were much bigger stars at the time of their death. I, I don't think any death will surpass Pac's. I, at least, damn, I hope not. Um, like, like Pac is on the level of like when Kobe died. Like that, that's kind of where that was in terms of stature. Um, Dolph was like the people's champ, bro. But at the, at the end of the day, he was an independent artist. Um, Biggie was on his way to being one of the greatest of all time. Like people had him in that category off top, just off wham and the impact that they had with bad boy and the movement that they had was a little bit bigger pox obviously he was Pac. um he had crossed over into acting he was a super duper star who knows where he was about to go like uh with his philanthropy and, and he was about to make some plays so it's no telling if people liken him to nipsey because of the type of artist they were um they have very similar vibes in terms of like street niggas fuck with them regular niggas fuck with them the ladies fuck with them like they, they kind of had the ears of everybody, kids. And so like I can see them being related The Dolphin Biggie. That's where it's a little bit of a, a of a blowout, but impactful. Nonetheless, I just I just don't want people to compare everything, though. Why does everything have to be compared? Why can't their deaths just be impactful and we keep it moving? To be fair to Rick Ross, um, I think that this would probably be the person, the reporter, Aaron A is what it said who asked him the question because it was close around the time that Dolph died. Mm. And I think to Rick Ross's credit, his direct quote was um, for it again, for my generation, I could see these two guys being the same for that generation. And hopefully that that generation learns from it because mm. we didn't learn a lot from pocket big. Like we're at, there's been numerous happenings of this to, to go on since Pac and Biggie died, but you hit a couple of key points there. Yep, Biggie was a much more popular rapper. Pac was a much more popular superstar than those guys. But I don't think that that takes away from the impact that someone like Dolph would have, someone like Nipsey did have. Um, so from that standpoint, like you said, affecting that generation, I would give it to him. I, like you, would disagree with the comparison. I don't think yeah. it, each one stands individually, honestly. There you go. But I wouldn't want to compare them and say, hey, this was bigger than that. But to Ross's credit, he did say for that generation, it is this, which I I'm, think is very key. And he know better because he's he's of age. Yeah, he, he old he enough know, to not he to know what the climate it was when when yeah. when Pac and Biggie died. So, that, uh, yeah, that's fair. I'm glad he I'm glad he worded it the right way. We got yeah, more on exactly. Ross a little bit later. <laughs> to be exactly said, losing Nipsey and Dolph for this generation, I'm sure, was as equivalent or greater to what. Pac and Big was for my generation. Mm. So, oh, that's fair. Makes sense. That's fair. So moving on to the next one, man, we hopping right down to Dreamville and your man, Young Bill, Kodak Black to be exact. They dropped projects over the weekend, and we want to know from you, Animal Brown, which project did you prefer, Ghetto Gods or... I can't think of Kodak Black, like back like I left or something. Back for everything. Back for everything. 
Yeah. Which one did you prefer? Um, so I'm gonna make it quick. I sold my Kodak Black stock about two mm. weeks ago on our episode because you're on a our rap Robin Hood episode because he had the Super Gremlin record, which is hot. I'm not gonna front, I do like that song. Um, but I knew that was as high as it's gonna go, and the album was gonna be some slaw and right oh, on God. cue. He drops back for everything in this garbage. What? Um, I, I think I made it about 50% through, and I was like, God, I can't, I just can't take it no more. And I rarely exit albums early. I usually listen to everything. I couldn't do it. I was like, nah, this ain't gonna work. Um, I think his music is trash. Um, I think his best days are behind him. But I will say this. I did listen to the Earth Gang, and I wasn't really feeling them up until this point. I really didn't understand their place. But I, I, to be honest and to be fair, I hadn't really just dove into their projects like that. Um, I got outcast vibes from them previously and then kind of wrote them off as that. But with this new project, The Ghetto Guides, which A, love the title. I know I've said that every time we mention it, but I think it's fire. Um, I actually kind of understand them a little better. And so this one I enjoyed a lot more than their previous projects. And actually, now that I feel I understand what they bring to the table, I may double back and listen to their previous works with a new uh, lens. Um, so I, I did rock with that. Um, shout, out, shout out to that Ghetto Gang. Ghetto Guy, excuse me. I do like that. Uh, shout out to the cover of that ghetto guys. And I do like the title, like you said. Uh, but if I'm picking between these two, for me, it's completely the opposite of what you're saying. I listened to the Kodak Black and I liked it. That's I liked uh, I like that he is very talented, in my opinion, as far as his melodies and being entertaining. Uh, I think he's a very entertaining act. And based on the headlines that you see, way more vulnerable in his music than you would expect him to be he talk about stuff that's a lot deeper than you would expect a little nigga to look like him to be talking about uh so i respect that i gravitated towards this because i like melodies i like his subject matter a lot more than i like what i heard from ghetto gods um i get the outcast comparisons for those guys it's cool both of them can rap uh, but it's just not that's, like outcast. Let's be clear, though. No, 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 not in, not in the slightest, to be honest. And that ain't no knock to them. But we're talking sure, about right. outcast is two of the best MCs ever. That's fact. These dudes can rap, but they just not as entertained as Andre and uh, Big Boy. Want to be clear opinion. about that for anybody that yeah. misread that <laughs> facts to me, they not as entertaining. And that was part of the problem I had with the album. Yeah, it's cool. I the tempo was way too fast. For me. I like different music when I'm listening to down south artists slow down tempo is one of the things that, that, that works for me yeah. this is too fast if this is the outcast this is the hey y'all outcast and that's, that's okay hey, i was fired though hey y'all was fired okay and that's okay if you looking for that if you want to ride around listening to hey y'all have fun me that wasn't it kodak black was more so it for me i like the i think super gremlin is the best song out of both of these uh both of these titles hey hands Nuts. down it's the best song but that kodak black was just more for me yeah that kodak black sounded terrible um what makes you say you don't do you like nba young boy no nah, i can't really get in there nah do you like little uzi i can listen to you uzi, listen to, you you listen to like the melodic I, you know why what makes kodak's melodic not tickle your fancy like the other one like to, to me it's his uzi. voice man like his voice be off key bro it's just not, it's, it's it's like um it's You've been cool. having voice gripes. You've been having voice gripes your whole like rap career. You, same important. thing. You should try to say that about Boosie though. And that's what I'm saying. But you, somebody, listen, a non-biased, sensical Boosie fan should understand. If somebody said Boosie cool, but I just can't get into his voice, 
people should be like, oh, okay, that, that's fair because he has a his voice is unique, and that can you can fall on any side of the fence with that. So I couldn't get into this voice. His voice is important to me when it comes to listening to rap, dude. Your what about Freeway? Gotta... Like you like Freeway though, right? I did like Freeway. Yeah, I like this shit for mm. sure. Mm. So just because it's a different mm. voice doesn't mean I'm gonna automatically not like it. It's just Kodak Black, bro. Some of those mel- melodies and stuff, man. They like. So. I like them. Like it's it's new though. Like I think that those melodies and that's important. The thing that you're saying you don't like is the reason that I gravitated to it because it's different for me. It makes it interesting. You don't expect it. It ain't the same melody that you hear everywhere else. I think that he has a special talent in that Kodak Black. What I really wish would happen is he wasn't such a, a wild card out here in these streets that he would hook up with an artist that could really hone it, like a real good rapper that could teach him how to use those melodies, teach him how to work those keys. It's next level, like superstardom after that. But I don't think Ain't that no he way. has the uh, tough. I don't think he has the wherewithal to sit down and learn those type of things. But I do think that other people see that talent. And that's why he's so popular with, with other artists. I just don't think that they feel like they can tame him. Ain't nobody taking that chance on him. Nah. Super talented dude, though. It ain't worth it, man. Moving on, Dame Dash, friend of the show. Um, yes. Having a little trouble with the app. That's going to be back up and popping very soon. In the meantime, he is working on a brand new movie, Paid in Full 2, the sequel to the classic, arguably the last classic hood movie, you could argue. Um, no actors are returning from part one. With all this being said, Dame Dash films... No actors returning, no Cam, no Wood Harris, no nobody. Are you here for this sequel? Yes. Uh, I think Paid in Full is a good story. Uh, it's going to be based in Newark or shooting in Newark, New Jersey right now. He said that this is other perspectives based on that time period. Uh, other people that were famous around that time, uh, he's speaking of uh, the kids, the Jack boys, this is going to focus on how they perceive the, the Mitch and Alpo story, which is decent. But I think it gets a little bit in the New York bias. In my opinion, if you're not going to tell that story again with though and you can't like I feel like that that story is over is one and done. But if you want to continue the line out, it would be pretty fire maybe to make that a series, take some pages out of 50 Cent book. And I do pay it in full two in a completely different place with a completely different setting. Of course, about the same thing about the game, but maybe I go a generation up. Maybe I go to the 90s now. Maybe I take it to Memphis. Maybe yo Gotti or somebody in here and I tell the Pettis story of the dude that Gotti always talking about. Or maybe I go to Miami and hook up with Ross and tell the story of one of them niggas that he always talking about. Or Houston, something down south, something different because we really haven't seen that side of the game explored. We haven't seen the next generation after Rick Ross in the 80s in L.A., after Elpo and Mitch in the 80s in New York. Further the brand out, grow into the 90s and do somewhere else. Go to Detroit, maybe, or go to the 2000s and do BMF. Make paid in for the type of brand that tells those hood stories or has those hood superstar stories, take it to different places, have the rap cameos. Dame Dash is created enough creative enough to be able to do that and i think that would be way doper than telling me the dope boy or the stick up boy's perspective on alpo mitch and whatever again like i'm cool yeah i'm I'm always skeptical when people pull the sequel to their classic you know mixtape series their classic what people consider their best album 
what people consider to be in this case his best film um i'm always skeptical of that because it gives me vibes of you're trying to recapture a moment and it's just i just don't know if it can happen um with all those actors that were in it mckay five cam wood harris like they made it you know what i mean like they were memorable it, and it was a good script it was a good that movie's a classic it still holds up too but since then on the movie tip the stuff that Dame has been behind, I haven't really banged with. The Honor Up didn't look very good, although I didn't see it. But I've heard from people who did see it that said it wasn't really hitting on nothing. Um, State Property 2, you know what I mean? Like, like the movies, I know that's his dream, and that's what, he, that's what he wants to do with the original content. I think his bag is a little better when it comes to storytelling as it relates to people that he knows. Uh, one of the dopest shows on his network, on his app, was the joint where he was talking with the other person in front of like the live band and they were, he had them telling a story. Um, he was talking to Klein and they had him talk, telling a story about Jay and I, man, I, like, that shit was fire. But when it comes to this original movie stuff and he got to be acting in it and he got to direct it and he got to, bro, like it, it's, it's, it's tough, man. You went a lot of hats. You might want to just give that up to someone else, man. And let them cook it. Uh, but paid in full two, Bro, will we 15 years from the original? Bro, that's that's scary. That scares me. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna hold it. I hope it's dope, but it scares me. See, and and that's where I think it's could be a home run because the formula is there. Yeah, like just like he did when he made paid in full. We take it back a generation to the 80s. We talk about the dope niggas that were famous in this place. Like you said, though, reach out, get some people that are familiar with other areas. Don't make it about Harlem. Don't make this a New York or Harlem thing. Make paid in full a hood thing. Mm. And just like tap into the different hoods. I think that'll be a fire-ass idea. You should turn that into a Netflix series. Do 10 of those. That's true. Paid in full. Detroit paid in full. Oakland, yep. L.A. Like, and just cook Texas. <laughs> Absolutely. Because niggas want to see that. Yep. Like, we've seen the story a hundred times of Rick Ross with Snowfall. We've seen the... I know I have dived into the Alpo, the real paid in full. I just was talking about an AZ interview on here, which paid in full is based off of a couple of weeks ago with my put on. I feel like if you, Dame Dash, have made, like you said, that's that was a good movie. For if sure. you can copy that formula and do that some type of way just around the country and tell those same stories like you were talking about, just because Dame Dash is a good storyteller. Exactly. Get those people, pull those stories out of them, make it cinematic and try to do what uh your boy herb was doing with tails yeah you know do, do it better than that though it hood tales or something. but i think yeah paid in full be a dope ass franchise man maybe you need to holler fit fit to teach Ooh. him how to get depth in that motherfucking just do it everywhere that'd be fire now that i like that, that's what i'm saying get, yeah. get with some people who have a track record yeah that's like make I'm it saying. look good be paid in for miami based in the 90s or 80s and whenever them niggas did convertible Burt that uh, Ross are always talking about. It's a lot of stories out there. I'm going to tell you how they do it. Like how they do the OJ and shit. Like how they did, like season one was the OJ, season two yeah. was like Versace. Different ones. Yes, and, yes. You know what I'm Something saying? Like season three was Clinton. Like, it need to be just, it need to be a little anthology series just like that. Fire. <laughs> That'll be fire. Yeah, Dame Dash, I know you're listening. Check us out. Holler at us. We'll write up the treatment for you and get it done. Let's go. Absolutely. Before we get out of here and get to reviewing this Conway, God don't make mistakes. Your man Meek Mill is in the news again. <laughs> this time, <laughs> producer Hit Kid, who is a producer on Dream Chasers, goes to the internet and he says, hey man, what's the difference, Meek Mill, between how you treat me and how you're crying about being treated by the major labels? 
I haven't received a check either. And I've been working for you, putting in these beats and this hard work. So, hey, Meek, what's the difference? My question to you is really simple. Animal Brown, is it fair or foul that Hit Kid went to the Internet and not to Meek Mill directly to voice his concerns? Uh, it's fair. And that, that was the main question that Meek Mill had because he commented on the post and said, why go to the Internet? <laughs> <laughs> so what that, that irritates my soul because i know he been calling me you've been and with that, mike rubin and jay-z nigga you're not answering hit kid calls stop and that's the thing he did claim that he has tried to hit him up he said that um yes. i've never heard of this hit kid person i'm not sure what records they produced um but he is saying that yo why is my deal ass and you're complaining about your deal being ass but you gave me this ass deal I'm damn near convinced that everybody's deal is ass. Like I like at this point, and I would love to hear from somebody who is involved in the whether it be a lawyer or what how is everybody's deal trash, dude? How? I don't know who's reading this shit, bro. Are they just <laughs> putting a blindfold on and signing whatever's in front of them? I don't understand how everybody can complain about everybody's deal. That's the strangest part to me. Um, whether you take it to the internet or blow up their phones, man, bro, what, whatever you think is going to get the most attention um, to help your cause. I understand that we, we, the locks did this with the free locks campaign with t-shirts 20 years ago, dude, this is no different in my opinion. I will say this, the very last line of his post says, I feel like Kanye when he walked into the Rockefeller building. So obviously he just got through watching that documentary. He was hype off of that what shit. Do, what do you mean froggy by and jumped on the damn Instagram and spilled the beans about his situation. That's the, what, the blame Kanye if anything else. What did he mean by that? What did, like, uh, because what, he was what, ignored when he went to the Rockefeller building. Uh, oh, he was that's the to clip get, he, when nobody was paying attention to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's what that was. He was trying to be heard and nobody was listening. Here's a question that I have from this stemming off what you just said. From everything that I learned, I'm a, I'm a business student. I like to not music business in general, but just in all over. And there really isn't uh, people always talk about. You hear people say the music business is evil and, and this is this is a terrible business. Don't get into it or whatever it may be. I haven't seen a business yet where things are all hunky dory and it's great and negotiations are fine and people have relationships that last 30, 40 years. Like in business, people are always getting Somebody done over. Getting the the Somebody stick. getting the short end of the stick. But I think because we are in music more as the black culture, we think that it's limited to just music and it's not. So to answer your question about does everybody have a bad deal? These are standard contracts. I think if you want a different contract, then you need to negotiate that before you sign. Not when you're taking the $10,000 advance and just signing shit <laughs> like you can't. And that's why I always side with the, the label or even in the situation where we're talking about baby and all this. Yeah, it's wrong. I get it. These people want their money, but you signed a deal. And if you want to get out of it, then renegotiate. And if that ain't possible, that's on you. I'm sorry. You got to keep working to put yourself in a better position, dude. That's how business works. Like, yeah. it's very rare that you're going to sign a good deal or get a good deal in any industry out the gate. So it always confuses me when even with the locks, like you said, these campaigns and things come up in hip hop and people are expecting a lot more sympathy or getting a lot more sympathy than I feel like they should get because this is just a part of business. Is Meek Mill wrong for this 
or is it uh karma that's coming back because he was just crying about it two three weeks ago yeah i could see that but at the same time this dude hit kid bro you wouldn't even have these opportunities if it wasn't for me like it's a give and a take each way around and i think as people sign stuff and get deeper into it and they talk to somebody and somebody's like man you should have been making this because i made this well guess what that person negotiated a better deal on the front end than you did now you have knowledge and an opportunity to do that on your next deal but you can't cry about this sorry I i feel like the reason why this strikes a nerve with some people is that Meek is complaining about his situation and, and labels doing people dirty. Oh, yeah, just calling them a hypocrite because he they feel like you're doing me the same way that you're complaining about. You know what I'm saying? Same thing they talked about with Kanye and his deals with Big Sean and whoever else may be. So it's, it, it, that's the aspect that is pushing this over the edge. I don't think we ever would have heard from Hit Kid had Meek Mill not came out talked about his situation. And I agree with that. I, I agree with people saying that my point the larger point that I'm saying is that it happens. Hickey has a right to have his gripes about it, but just like Meek Mill is thinking that, oh, this happened, I haven't signed, a, I ain't cashed a check from MMG. So what? That's on you, bro. Why are you crying to us about it just like you're talking to Hickey? Why are you coming to the internet about it? Go talk to Rick Ross about it, nigga. Re- renegotiate. So yeah, I get that too. And he does come off like a hypocrite because he's doing the same thing. But I think the larger point in this is this is a standard industry business practice. This happens in music. It happens across all industries. Like you are what you can negotiate. dude. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't enter into their first deals with enough leverage to negotiate them throughout to the next deal. So midway through, shit start to look scarce. You wish you had more money. I'm sorry, bro. You got to ride it out or Get the leverage to renegotiate. That's that's business. That's business one on one, dude. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. I agree with the part about Meek too, though. Like you shouldn't. You knew deep down in your heart when you coming out complaining what Rick Ross is doing. You you doing the same thing to the niggas that's on Dream Chase. You doing the exact same. You doing the same thing. Hey, he got to chill. He got to chill, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, y'all let us know whose side are you on, guys. Hit kid. Shout out to Hit Kid or Meek Millie, man. Let us know in the comments at, oh, excuse me, on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash TV. This it will is time for, for your boy. I just wanted to say that will forever be a discussion of hip hop to people just learn more about business. Of course. Like, yeah, you just nah, got to learn more about business. I, we we got we got to ask somebody about this shit because I'm I'm thoroughly confused. I ain't even gonna lie, dude. Like I thought this was on like the lawyers or the managers. It's like maybe it's the managers that need to be better. I have no fucking clue, dude. Well, I guess so to play it out, maybe like let's if someone came to us and was like, hey, you guys signed this and we let's say you did your due diligence. We did our due diligence. And at that moment, we were like, OK, that's cool. Like the lawyer looked it over. He like, if this is what y'all want to do, I don't see anything bad in it. That's fine. Then as we continue to work through that deal, we meet someone in the same field and they like what? And we get to talking business. They like, well, I get this. And we're like, whoa, wait, what? You get this. We settled for this. Now this whole thing is going where you feel like, oh, I'm underpaid because I talked to someone else and they do the same thing I do, but they making this. Sorry. In, in that in that instance, I, I would look at the our representation and be like, what are y'all doing? Because that's what happens. Like, like you ever seen Wait. a situation where like a, somebody's got a lawyer and they were like, yeah, you should go to trial. And they go to trial and they can get 20. And then you look like, oh, bro, what was a lawyer doing? <laughs> why did they tell them? To, why did they lawyer, advise them to do that? But look, though, that's the point of it. And I think where we have to, we would have to educate ourselves more because you could look at your representation and be like, bro, you told me this was cool. And he could say, well, y'all told me y'all would take it. You didn't tell no. me. 
you didn't say, is there more on the table or what is everybody else getting? If your lawyer comes to you with a deal and say, hey, look this over. Do you like this? And he's like, you like, I'm cool with this. He's like, "Okay, cool. Uh, If you got a good lawyer, you're right. Most people can't afford a good lawyer, though, especially when you first start now. That's that's an investment you got to make, though. Okay, so and, and we'll get to the topic in just a moment, but just play that one out, too. If you have a shitty like Combat Jack talked about this a little bit. If I tell you, hey, you could get more or do this, I'm at risk of losing my whole commission for the deal because maybe the other side comes and say, okay, well, I don't want to do it. If that's what they want, then I don't want to do it. Now you lose that on your commission. Yeah, man, I, I understand that, but you're here to represent the client, though. Like, ideally, but you know how that go, my nigga. You're trying to make money too. Well, then you got to right? like you can't. You ain't doing this shit for free. Like you, you didn't went back. Let's say you do that. You got four or five clients. You go back and you do that every time, and people pulling all the deals off the table. Now you the dollars working. You ain't made. Then you're nothing. a bad. Lo- then you're a bad lawyer. A bad <laughs> negotiator. One hundred percent. You may need to find another profession. But that, it can happen like that too, though. Like it's, it's just so many variables to it. UPS is hiring, man. Shout out to Big. Um, getting to this album, your man's Conway Griselda's own. Uh, this is his first album in two years from a king to a god came out in 2020. He's had several collaborations slash mixtapes since then, uh, notably Lulu with Alchemist. Uh, if it bleeds, it can be killed. La Maquina last year and Greetings Earthlings about two weeks ago. So uh, Conway's definitely been busy, even though it doesn't necessarily seem like it. What were you um, expecting and what did you get when you listened to this uh, God Don't Make Mistakes for the first couple of times? My expectations were Griselda's version of a mainstream album to fill the shady quota, the reason that you signed to Shady and you go to a bigger label and, and rent out Conway or however that deal was structured. And so you get more eyes on what you're doing and also you kind of cater to where you are. So I was expecting something more mainstream than the stuff that we had previously heard from Conway and Griselda, more up-tempo beats, maybe some more R&B features. I was expecting this to be like a real, like a debut album. That's what I was mm-hmm. expecting. What were you expecting from it? Were you thinking more of it to sound like um, like Benny's? Uh, I mean, he ain't like he had Chris Brown in on, you know what I mean? But it was yeah, still... That, that's a... That's a uh, but but just some more money spent. I expected it to be more like better production. Yeah. Like if you on Shady, I expect people to to you you to have a whole file full of like that's that shit to wrap yeah. up. Um my expectations were relatively high because I really liked that from a king to a god. I thought that album was dope. Um and I like what Conway I, I was always afraid of what Griselda Conway specifically what their quote-unquote albums would sound like. Um, we know what their mixtapes do, you know what I mean? But they, they double and triple down on those sounds. You can't necessarily do that on an album. I mean, maybe you can in 2022. It really, the lines have been blurred, but if awesome. you're trying to put a full body of work, you can't have the same style, soul sample, looped the entire beat for 13 songs in a row. Like, it just... <laughs> Like, that's just a mixtape then. You might as well just keep making making mixtapes. So you're going to have to spread your wings a little bit. And I thought he did that with From a King to a God. So I thought that he could do the same thing. If he's done it once, he can do it twice. I was a little worried, but I, I figured he could. And did he, what happened when you listened? Oh, no, I, li- I liked it. When I listened to this, I was really feeling it. Um, 
I actually, and I also last year that La Makina was super dope too. Um, That's the one I couldn't remember. La Makina yeah, was fire. I think I had it on my sleeper list if it, if it didn't make my top 10. But when I listened to this, I was really feeling it, man. It, it, it was a stretch on here from about number five to, to like nine. And I was like, yo, this might be one of the ones. And then it kind of stumbled a little bit toward the end. Uh, but up until that point, I was really digging this shit, man. He's spitting on here. Um, I like the productions. I like that he kept the features to the low on the low. And I like that every song doesn't sound like the John Woo flick with Benny and West Side Gun, because that's typically how a project would sound. Their mixtapes are 10 of those with four skits, um, which I'm not mad at, but I just wanted to see the range. And he was able to do that, in my opinion. Um, I, li- I like what I heard, especially on that first listen. Yeah, I one thing you're never going to be disappointed with when we talk about Griselda with Benny and Conway, especially is, is the bars. Yeah, that's, like, that's the one of the things like when I look through it to see the features and then you start listening to it like they he spitting on it. Conway exactly. going in. Um, and it's 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 a going in that's not just him talking about I'm the best rapper. Like he do he do a lot of that as uh per his usual but he also vulnerable like he giving you more insight into conway the machine he got the song about getting shot that was fire yeah. uh just different things that made it stand out so me too on first listen i was definitely pleased with the bars it wasn't as entertaining i'm gonna go back to that word that i use with kodak black as i would have liked it to be for a debut album uh but that didn't really take away from it it definitely still met my expectations. My highlights, if I had to go with things that stuck out, the biggest was Chanel Pearls with Jill Scott. Mm. Because I was not expecting Jill Scott to rip it that's and have right. bars. And I had to look and be like, well, who is this girl rapping if Jill Scott is on here? Nigga, that's Jill Scott. Yep. It was banging. Uh, but that was definitely one of the highlights for me. The title track, God Don't Make Mistakes as well. And then my favorite song on here was so much more but he's just talking about being so much more than a nigga that just rap that shit was fucking fire uh and goes to the vulnerability i think that's one of the things that made this album really stand out for me is how much again he was talking about just what it takes to be me what it takes to be a rapper like not just the nigga with the jewels and i can out rap you everything to go into it i really feel like that was a dope perspective to take on a debut album what stuck out for you and, and that's that's why that's the difference between an hour. I'm um, excuse me, an album and a mixtape. Facts. The, the mixtape, I can I can bar you up and down. I can tell you how fly I am. How Virgil sent me the off white shit early, and you know I'm saying I'm super gangster. We can do that one through fifteen, but when it comes to like a real deal album, you got to mix it up, dude. And and he did just that. So the themes on here, especially the guy don't make mistakes. Talking about how you know what I mean he got shot and how it all still turned out to work and how it ended up being for the better and he could have been dead and all that shit was dope. Like, man, that, that shit, that in addition to the stressed with the perfectly placed wallow drop, I thought that was flawless, dude. Man, I'm always here for a, a, a Instagram rant skit at the end of a song. I thought it was perfectly placed. Um, that's one of my favorite joints too. And then I like the song with T.I. Again, the wild chapters talking about, we're like reflecting on how he got to where he was. Um, I'm, I'm always here for the reflective, introspective joints, man. It shows, it makes you feel human. Um, you're not super gangster. Like that's played. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like we get it, dude. Like you would just, you would sound foolish at 40 talking about how super gangster you are 
all the time. Like it, it, it get old. Uh, yeah. But those were the ones that stuck out to me. But I did like the project overall, just as a whole, though. Yeah. Facts. Uh, it definitely stuck. T.I. is the one I forgot to mention. His verse, I feel like he ripped it too. He, nah, he snapped on that. Big facts. And if I had to transition to the things that were the lowlights, the things that I didn't like, it would be not necessarily a song, but like when I feel like they try to put their niggas on too much with the drum work shit. That's true. Benny do that too. He does. And this yeah. is going to go to my point. Mike, what you were saying about mixtapes and albums, to me, a mixtape is to show niggas that you can rap. Like this is what a mixtape for. I can pick my variants of subjects and just show you that I can rap about them. Jack niggas, beats, whatever. An album is about you. Like an album should be a perspective about you giving people insight in you. And he did a good job of it, but then you veer off with niggas, the, the, the drum work niggas, and no disrespect to them. Yeah. But the lane or the the what he should have taken in this and what I do think that he and Benny both could do a better job in is like connecting with the younger guys. Like not necessarily, I know you don't like Kodak Black, but those melodies would help Conway. Mm. Or like an NBA young boy, just some ESCG, like some niggas where it don't seem like it's reaching, that's almost in the same lane as you, but just a younger generation. Because to your point, you don't want to be that 40-year-old nigga rapping all the time about shit that you used to do. That's cool. Like we yeah. enjoy the stories, but I would love to see that mixed up with some young blood and yeah. see how those two mixed on a track. So I really feel like it's an opportunity there for them niggas to start working with the younger, hotter guys in the game. A Conway and Lil Baby track would be fire. Like yeah, that, that would be something that I would love to see. I'm gonna tell you what that is. That's that's that that would be him taking a risk. Yeah, a, a calculated risk though, because I think that shit would be dope too. But and I and I get the logic of putting your man's on the album. I promise I do. Like I understand that completely. Remember that's... that was one of my complaints about the Benny show. He had mm. too much of his. He See, had too was... much put on top of his people trying to showcase them. But I get the logic. He means well, but bro, like you got to be a little bit more strategic with it. Like they have to bring value to the joint, bro. Like Ti brought value to his feature, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I'm skipping uh, right Wayne over the drum value, bro. Facts. Yeah, I'm skipping right over the drum work. Yeah, that's Joe that's, Scott that's, brought value, and that's what that's 100 what I mean with the young blood. Like that's gonna bring value because it it is though we like it. This is our age group. It is niggas out there that be like, I don't want to hear that. Like I don't want to hear them old niggas talk about how they used to sell dope. But that ain't all it's about. We know that because we listen. You get an NBA young boy on one of these traps. You get a little baby on one of these tracks. You get a little dirk on one of these tracks. The young boys start to listen and they start to say, oh, okay, he's slick kicking some game. Right, exactly. like it's an older version of what these young niggas talking about. Yeah. So I, I do think that you, they, they Griselda as a whole, not just Conway on this project, they're missing the opportunity to do that. They need to start digging into that and not where it's chasing, not where you're just trying to get the young hot niggas just because they're the young hot niggas, but right. the ones that make sense. Right, right, right. Like making it make sense on the L. So my biggest concern would be like having his homeboys on there. With that being said, like the the what's the name of it? Drum work. I'm not. I'm off of that. And I didn't like the John Wu flip. Uh, I know that was a single and it was already there, but that was just two more. This is more the same. Like you said, it, it, it. That's that's at the end. Like first of all, if you're gonna put it on here, put that motherfucker in the end as a bonus track. That's like, fair. We hear this from y'all all the time. That's a fact. I don't need that. 
That's from you two, I get it. Yeah. Uh, but just, I mean, those are me picking at straws here. I, I pretty much was pleased and satisfied with the album. But if I had my biggest gripe and concerns with those, oh yeah, and I forgot the intro, Benny Siegel. You can't rap like that on my. I'm sorry, bro. You're yeah, a legend. No. You can talk your shit, but if you sounding like that, I got to get that out of it. Respectfully, bro. I can't yeah, bro. Like, you just can't do this. This this would have got put on like a, a tape, bro. That, that yeah. Tape. Like, this this promo for the album. Yeah. Boy, just let him talk. Fade that out. Put it at the yeah. end. But I'm not reserving the 16 to let you come on here and sound like that, bro. Respectfully. Like you yeah. said. Like, this, I understand that something happened with him and he got shot. I get it. But if I'm getting that in with the producers and, and, and we mixing it and shit and, and it sound like that, and that's the best that I can get it to sound, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm nah. cool. I, I do want to ask you a question. Way. One question. Um, when they put that MMG shit at the beginning of the raw shit, you just like, do they tell do you? Does he have to tell every person that mix his shit to put that at the beginning of that? Like, how do they know to put that on? No, nah, he, he does it. When, when that when that beat gets emailed to Ross uh -huh. <laughs> and he goes in his studio in his crib, right. he has the engineer add that. Ah, that's okay. all that is. Gotcha. Cause I was wondering how that worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he do that every it. fucking time. It, 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 it's very diligent, very diligent, and it made me think of like who the fuck does that every time a nigga rap. Same way Wayne had a lighter flick the when lighter he went on that roll. You know that mm -hmm. they got that drop. They got that file on the hard drive, nigga. Them. Mm. Just before they go on, they just add that. Yeah, they just add that. Um, if I had to talk about things that I didn't like, um, I'm nitpicking, but I, the, the joint with Jill Scott didn't do nothing for me. I ain't even gonna lie. What? She I, I looked up who was rapping on there so I could be like, who blew it? Like, I ain't wanna hear that, bro. <laughs> you <ain't. laughs> and, I, and I'm mad because I seen the name of the song with featuring Jill Scott and I knew she was from the body, the hook. And mm -hmm. I'm hearing her rap and I, and I heard them tell the story on Hot 9-7, like, she was like, they had a conversation on the phone and he was like, he sent her something and she sent it back with the rest. He was like, I hope you don't mind. I just wrapped it. I'd have been like, nah, I need you singing. out of me. With my she long was, walk in the park. And <laughs> yeah, she, nah, I need that. Nah, I need that long walk in the park shit, dude. I, this ain't nothing. I don't need Jilly from Philly. No, I like that. I ain't gonna lie. I was fucking with Jilly from Philly. She was and ripping the song it, right dude. after that, some slaw too. The Babas. The daughter, the Babas. That, that ain't that, I try to forget about that. That shit. Well, I don't know if that's some spoken words. Shit, I didn't know, dude. What are we? What the fuck is that? Those two threw me completely off because the album was on its way. Like it, it was going up, nigga. I was like, yo, this motherfucker going crazy. That blew it. But other than that, uh, and, and then dude on Ti on the Ti joint, I understand he did the hook. He shouldn't have. Had I didn't need them bars at the end. I ain't need them bars at the end. Oh my god, I ain't need anybody but him, bro. Like Jada would have murdered it. Killer Mike would have murdered. Like, there's a thousand rappers, respectfully, the novel that would have murdered that. I ain't need them balls, though. Mm -mm. I'm good. I'm good. Off it. But he, it's still he ripped the hook, though. He ripped the hook. Yeah. He get, yeah, now nah, he did his thing on the hook for sure. Yeah. I want is that probably some T. Is that who is dude? Some Man, I don't I know. His name sounds familiar, though. Yeah, it sounds like some grand hustle. Oh, uh, he's from day. LA. I know. Don't never mind. Yeah. Sounded like a nigga that was that was in the same lane as five mics. Oh my god. <laughs> but I, I we didn't need him though on the on the bars though. He he slid that in there. I'm not even sure if Conway know that's right though. He probably don't. He probably do not know that's on though. What'd you write the album? Um, I'm gonna give it four reels, man. It's fire. Um, he 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 did it again. Um, he continues to impress. 
with how he how well he could put together a full length project, man. That was my biggest concern with the Griselda guys, and they and they continue to to impress. So shout out to Conway. This is four reels. It's banging straight through, with the I'm exception of those two tracks. <laughs> I'm giving it three reels. Good work, stream. Mm-hmm. I think it was really good. Uh, not the best one of his projects. Some I, I, the two that you named La Marina and the, the other one. Yeah, I think that those are better projects than this. I'm still waiting on him to do his best work. I don't think he's matched that Benny debut project yet, but I do think he got an inning. Run uh, so that from, from a king to a guy back, though. Run that back. Though. I may need to run that one back. You're right about that. I may need because I did kind of gloss over that one because it was that one was close to Benny when that came out. When yeah, well, yeah, the same yeah, year. So I think I kind of glossed, glossed over that. So I'll run that one back. But this one, good work, streaming. Fair enough, man. Y'all let us know what you think about the Conway guy. Don't make mistakes. His album titles, he's been cooking with the titles, though. Um, My titles are fire. Him and Rick King Ross right God there. is hard. And yeah. him, so and, him and Rick Ross right there with album titles. <laughs> them niggas cooking it up. That's a fact, man. Let's get to some wins or losses. Speaking of Rick Ross, we have a W or an L. Rick Ross, who already says he cuts his own grass, went to Instagram and said that somebody tried to charge him 1000 per tree to cut his trees down. He said, fuck it. I'm doing it myself. I'm not paying these hella racks to cut down trees. Did it his damn self. Was that a W or an L? This was an L, man. I don't make all of this money and tour the world and call myself the boss to pick up a fucking chainsaw and go out and cut down trees and risk fucking losing my life, dude. <laughs> What do I rap for, dude? What do like Kanye said? You think I rap to drive a fucking rail for? You want a thousand a tree? Cool. My nigga start cutting, dude. I'm not getting out there with a fucking chainsaw and doing it. No. Is he saving money? Quite possibly, yes. But Rick Ross, if you need it like that, then you should stop calling yourself the boss. Uh, but I, I feel like this is selfish in, in all honesty, man. Like the pe- pe- people that are making a living cutting down trees, that shit hard, dude. I'm familiar with that industry a little bit. And like that, that that's actually a fair price. Like it's expensive. I just got some trees cut down in my crib. And the, the lawn dude charged me a stack and it was yeah. like four trees, but it was four trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With that being said, I have nowhere near as much money as Rick Ross. I bit the bullet. I want to keep the economy going. You got all this money. You niggas play with more money than it's on Instagram, dude. So what if you got to cut down 20 trees and it's $20,000? You got that big ass slab out there. You said you ride by all the time, man. You got to be able to maintain that shit, man. Get your ass uh, out of the goddamn w, man. It's how the rich stay rich. Get out you of know here. what I mean? And it's Last tree you humble. You got to get your hands dirty, dude. Grab the chainsaw. God damn it, it get busy, dude. Um, I'm not mad at that. And I bet that shit was hilarious with him trying to do it, too. It was funny. It was very funny. Uh, very entertaining. That's a fact. Yeah, it was a W for us because it was funny. But it was an L, man. Pay that tree, man, bro. Pay that man. God damn. People got to eat, man. It's hard out here. Get that man, man his little twin right. Like, could you, and, and this is a crazy thing about those, just before we get to the other service industries, when motherfuckers, they'll pull up to those big ass houses and shit like the one Rick Ross got, and you think that you can charge a thousand dollars a tree and he's going to be cool with it. But it's like you said, that's how the rich stay rich. He got that big ass house by being frugal and cheap. Like there you that. go. So you got to know that as a contractor going in, you can't try to bust the heads at the big ass houses like that. Ross can't frugal McDougal out here too. He's super petty for that. Um, <laughs> Next up, man, your boy, WRL, keeping it Griselda, Benny. Benny the Butcher is accused of stealing a pair of $10,000 earrings 
from a lady that he uh, apparently spent the night with in Beverly Hills. Big boy L. My name don't need to be nowhere near this if I'm Benny. And on top of him having a little mixtape $500 scam shit going on not too long ago, too. Like, bro, you out here looking crazy. Stealing bitches earrings and jabbing niggas out of $500, dude. And she called him and he said he was going to bring them back. So, like, Slick admitted that he had them and then he never showed up with the earrings. Like, bro, what are you doing out here? He looking real funny in the light. That's a big L. Somebody sounds like an opportunist, though, man. It might have been a situation where he might have grabbed him because she left him and he really was going to bring them back. And then he got caught up. Mm. And now she's like, oh, he stole my earrings. It's like, yo, chill out, man. Yo, relax, dude. I'm coming with your earrings, dude. I got 100,000 on my neck, dude. I'm going to stun these little raglass earrings. Yeah, but that's what, if, if, listen, listen. If you think this bitch even going to play with you like this, I'll wire you them 10 bands to right now. That's a fact. Bitch. Like, go to, go to Western Union and pick up them 10,000. I'll sell these earrings. I'll get these <laughs> motherfuckers to my daughter. You definitely not going to play with me, though, and say that I stole them. Like, that shit ain't <laughs> no win out here in these streets, nigga. My next post would have been the Western Union to 10 racks. I, I, I just sent that bitch 10 racks. And that wasn't for the night before. It was for the earrings, bitch. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, the last one, W or an L to Bun B. He mentioned um, on Beehive that he has got a legacy clause in his contract. Since he has been signed for 20 years now, he finally gets the publishing rights to his music so he can get paid off the streaming. He had mm. not been doing so up until this point. That's I don't know fire. if that's a W or an L, dude. I guess it, well, most legacy act, most acts have that clause in there. Once right. they get past a certain point that they get this, so I guess it's a W for being able to stick around that long. And he's been through the trial. Like you wouldn't have thought, especially with blues and Pimp C and Pimp right. C doing a jail stint. You wouldn't have thought that Bun B would have been signed to a label for 20 years. You would have thought that they kind of let him go and look the other way. But the nigga was resilient as fuck. Yeah. Uh, as far as the, res- the career with UGK, solo career, even his career now. So I, I call it a W. I guess the patience paid off, but man, boy, being signed for 20 years with no that's normal though, bro. Don't act like that. 20 man. years and you ain't bought you ain't tried to get the masters back in the publishing back. That's but, nuts, bro. But that's a think about it. Why would I buy it? it he I, I feel like that he's been one of the more stable acts for 20 years. There's never been a threat of Bun B being released. Yeah. One, because it's not a lot of expectation. Like you're that's not expecting true. him to come out and sell a hundred thousand the first week. But that's yeah. the gift and the curse from it. And they probably, they probably would have sold that shit to him for this kind of beyond. How much big, how much bun streams really make? Like what, what we got? Bro, big you never know. Big pimping is the maybe. You never know, Jive. They've been eating off that shit for twenty years, dude. I'm keeping That's... the lights on with that riding dirty stream. I do that. <laughs> I stream that every day, nigga. You the only nigga still listening on. to it. Easy. Um, on Decker of the Week, we're going to YouTube. Shout out to Maurice Hunt, man. He commented on our Atlanta Mount Rushmore of Albums episode. He said, I agree, but I would have to swap Future for a Luda album. Either Word of Mouth or Chicken and Beer. Spike, sorry, man. And we have another one, D-Dub. He says, Spike, bro, you got to stop the hate. Got me commenting before the show is over. Kanye is definitely, definitely more musically talented than Drake and Michael Jackson. Oh, my as, God. <laughs> as A.B. said, Kanye can walk into an empty studio and come out with a banger. Beat, verse, hook, etc. Michael Jackson couldn't do that. Drake can't do that. Shout out to D-Dub. Shout out to Maurice Hunt. 
two spot on comments, guys. Yeah, my, my, hey, listen, the listeners. No are surprise, you pick those guys for uh, on Decker of the week. I obviously know who picks that. The but shout, shout out my guy, Maurice Hunt. Uh, I ain't as mad at the ludicrous take because I did my boy Scoops. He said ludicrous too. I already gave him a hard time about it. We it's insane that y'all would even mention that. But to each his own. That's cool. You didn't tell the people how you received a thorough verbal ass whooping for this take in the group chat saying that uh, Kanye West was more talented than fucking Michael Jackson, the moonwalk. Thanks. Like this, y'all, y'all are crazy. Y'all producer niggas and Kanye West stand niggas are fucking insane. Y'all niggas are saying that he made Kim Kardashian. He's more talented than Michael Jackson. Like it, it's fucking insane. The spell that Kanye West got y'all niggas on. I just don't understand it. It's and fast. no, he's not more talented than Michael Jackson. That's fucking that. That's crazy. It's it's pretty simple. He can walk into an empty studio, and make a hit. Michael Jackson can't. It's really so can just Dr. comes down Dre. to that. Like there there are a million producers, dude. There are a million songs on the radio, and all of them were a hit at one point. And anybody one can make West. a beat. <laughs> anybody can make a beat. Get somebody to go in there and sound like Michael Jackson, though. Get the nigga that's going in there and sounding like that. Picture Point Michael Jackson out. making a beat. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out M Extra. Uh, like you said, voices are really important. Uh, M Extra pointed this out in the chat. Like Michael Jackson has one of the most recognizable voices Thanks. and pitches in music history. Thanks. That's a talent. That's a talent. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can learn to do. Kanye West can teach another nigga what he's doing. Can yeah. he not? Yeah. There we go. I don't go. know about that. Uh, what's your put on for the week? My put on for the week, I received a book from my homeboy and home, his wife. She said she was reading it. She sent me a copy of it because, you know, I likes to read. It's called Unlearn 101 Simple Truths for a Better Life by Humble the Poet. I cannot wait to hop into it. I just mm. got it today. This is my put on of the week. And reading in general, sometimes you got to get off Audible. You got to take it off the iPad and just put your hands to page, man. It processes kind of different that way for me. Not sure how everybody else, but my put on is called Unlearn. 101 Simple Truths for a Better Life. Uh, humble poet. Dope. Man, two quick put ons. I listened to, in addition to the Kodak Black and the Earth Gang, there's another album that came out and it's actually the first time I have been able to listen to a UK artist, like a full body of work. I usually can't listen to that shit. This dude named central C from the UK. His shit is hard though. And I can actually R&B? listen to this dude. And I'm actually shocked. R&B? Huh? Is it R&B? Nah, uh-uh. it's, no it's like rap. It's like UK drill shit. It's hard. With the though. accent? Yeah. He got the accent and everything. I'm out. But it's more palatable. You know how Drake do the drill shit, but he'll throw the little accent in there and mixed in, but mm-hmm. you can still understand what he's saying. It's like that. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Drake, for bringing that style state No, wonder, no wonder you like it. There and allowing there. me to <laughs> comprehend like those who were doing it across the waters, dude. Thanks, Drake. We can thank him. But it's called 23. The album is fire. And uh, movies this week. The Batman comes out Friday. My ticket's already done. I'm in that bitch with a full Batman costume on. 6.20 is the time. It's a three-hour movie, and I can't fucking wait. I need all well, of them. 
why why do you buy Batman tickets early? Can't you just go buy them at the theater? Like it's not gonna be sold out across the city the day it comes out. Or yeah, but I don't want to have to movie? drive across the city to find a seat. I need one uh, right by the a, crib. There's a particular movie that you want to see it at. Yeah. Is it streaming first day? No, nah. streaming first day. I watch it. The, the, the um the clips do look they 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 look fairly decent. Yeah, no, it looks good. It looks dark. I'm here for it. I need it. All the Batman's been dark though. Right, but lately, not not all Chris Nolan's bad. Not the Jim Carrey's in the fucking <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mister Freezes. That shit was goofy. I remember, the, I remember how big Batman was when that shit first came out. When we were kids, for Man, sure. That was the first like re superhero revamp like of everything before Marvel. That shit was huge. Yeah, that shit was that was a big deal, uh, and Michelle I was there Pfeiffer, for that too. Pfeiffer was in there. Michelle Pfeiffer was in there, right? Yeah, hundred percent, man. Yeah, well, hey, again, another episode in the books. Holla at your boy, Animal underscore Brown on Instagram and Twitter. Um, make sure you subscribe when you're watching this on YouTube, man. Hit that like button, hit that subscription. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? Absolutely, man. Go copy you some sweaters, crew necks on the On Deck TV store. A uh, couple new colors up there, man. Got a maroon sweatshirt and a navy blue sweatshirt. ATL colors for that navy blue. So cop those before the T-shirts drop here soon. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Support the real. We out. Yes, sir.